Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, the roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Did you bring the cake? Oh, the cake. That, that must be a no. If, if the response to, did you bring a cake, is no. oh, then that, that is a no. I did not bring a cake. I'm not much of a cake baker. How about so. a pie? We could have had we could have done pie. Yeah. I, I could have done pie. I do like to bake pie. But yeah, no. Well, you know what we're celebrating, right? Um, why don't you tell me? Well <laughs> You're so unassured. She's like, I have no idea where you're going for this. I mean, I think I've got like five right. different guesses. Okay. It's it's not the news of the week, okay? Though we could okay. be celebrating that and we are celebrating that and we will be celebrating that for a long time. Episode 400, Amy. Oh, yes. You told me this the other day. Yes. You, you said, forgot. you know what episode it is? And, and I remember saying, oh, sure. And then you told me and I was like, oh, no, I, I didn't. So never mind. Episode 400. 400. Can you believe that? That's kind of wild. It's quite wild. Who would have thunk it back in 2015 that we would have been like, all right, here's 400 episodes of this thing. And here's the deal. If I remember right, you've done all 400. I've appeared on 399. Yes. I kind of really did only like 396 because we did some pre-records last year. Yeah. And then this year in Anaheim, you did one on your own. Yep. That was the first one that was like just you. Yeah. I'm the Cal Ripken of this podcast. There you go. There you go. I've had a couple of couple of absences. Yeah. So, but you know, we've done we've done those ones where we would record separately where we've been on like crazy time zones, things like that. We've always managed to, to find a way. Yep. So 400, I, I cannot believe that. Remember episode 100 we did at Southeastern. I happened to be in town there. That's right. And we had Danny Aiken on. And um, and here we are 300 we are. later. It's crazy to think 400 episodes. Kind of nuts. Man. Um, I, I remember early on one of our friends saying something about how uh, it seemed our, our, how our conversation was natural talking about all of these things. And I, I think you said, Hey, it's because, cause we'd worked at Lifeway together and stuff. We talked about this stuff all the time. We just turned on a microphone. Yep. And so 400 episodes with the microphone on, but for a few years before that, uh, we've been doing this a long time having these conversations. Yes, we have. Well, so Amy, congratulations. It's been a fun ride for 400. Let's do 400 more. Oh, wow. That, I'll be really old. All right. Well, hey, before we get into the news this week, because we got some incredible news that deserves pie on its own, Amy. Before we get to that, we do want to thank our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you're looking for theological education that includes an academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, then check out Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And the best way to experience Southwestern is to attend their fall preview day on October 21st. Preview days are your opportunity to see firsthand all that Southwestern has to offer. During your visit, you'll tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, and experience the unique campus environment of Southwestern Seminary. Fall preview day is October 21st, so register today for free at swbts.edu slash preview. All right, Amy, we jump into it. Some big news this week. We kind of touched on it last week. We primed the pump, so to speak, last week. We previewed it. But the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This week was announced at a historic high, $203.7 million. $203.7 million. My word. That's a lot of money. It's a huge amount for 
our uh, personnel all over the world. Yep. Really, really incredible, yep. incredible thing. And shows the incredible generosity of Southern Baptists. Absolutely. And and just to think that, you know, just a few years ago, we were at 150, 160, 170. And last year, it jumps up to 177.6. This year, at 203. Just amazing to see the response Southern Baptists have toward putting missionaries on the field. I can't say thank you enough, really. Well, and here's the great thing. When this comes, you know, gets announced, it's announced in October. And guess what? It's time yeah. to kick Taking off the off. Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So we can top this thing again. Yeah, like, no. We can get even more than that. You know, I've been working on a, a project. I'll just leave it at that. And that will, I will reveal more down the road, but I've been working on a project about Lottie Moon. And it's been so, uh, it's just been so great in the research of that to look at how she envisioned that offering, you know, that what she saw was, um, I mean, they named it after her years later, but it was her idea. Like she saw how back home there were, this was in the age of women's clubs and societies and, and groups that were gathering, you know, for, for different things. And she saw and knew that was happening. And I think, uh, she maybe saw some, groups in some other denominations, maybe some Methodist things that were were doing that. And she, she knew there was a need. She knew they needed support. And she knew that having a special kind of a special time would do that. And so she wrote back and said, and said, women, you can do this basically, hmm. you know, cause that's where it's sort of the yeah. WMU, WMU, you know, yeah. all being involved. And so she encouraged them and said at Christmas, this is, you know, you're already giving gifts. What if you do this for missions? Because the, you know, she would write in her letters how great the need was. So it's very special, especially for those of us who admire her to look and say, my goodness, could she ever have imagined that it would be like this? Well, it, it is. And I, I think she would be blown away by this this year. So yeah. I know we are, but wait, there's more. There's more. Yes. I'm like the ShamWell guy. It was announced this week that National Cooperative Program Giving also topped $200 million at a whopping $200,452,607.68. Don't forget the 68 there you cents. Go. Get it yes. just right. Yeah. First time since 2007-2008 that Cooperative mm-hmm. Program Giving has topped $200 million nationally. Pretty incredible. So... That's exciting. That's a big uh, bounce back. And hey, if we keep it going, we could top 2008 and kind of make it back over yeah. that threshold. Yeah, so. I mean, just incredible there. So cooperative program hits a mark that it hadn't hit in about 15 years. Lottie Moon hits an all-time high. And guess what, Amy? There's more. Because There's Annie, more. Annie also hit a new high at $68.9 million. We're breaking records every year. I know. It's like we're breaking. Yeah. We're bre- all, the, we're, all the confetti this week. Yeah. We're breaking them all over the place. That's what we should have cake and pie for. So, yes. And also episode 400. No, that's right. That's right. But yeah. So we're breaking records in all these areas um, or, you know, Lottie's breaking a record. Annie's breaking a record. Annie's breaking records second year in a row. So, well, five out of the last six, I believe as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, Every year we're breaking that record. We just keep increasing. And then cooperative programs, such a, a milestone to come back, you know, from 2008. So it's, it's good. It's good. So yeah, this is incredible news. 
And I mean, it, I was at the NAM trustee meeting this week. We'll get to that in just a second. But they announced this, and I mean, it was just like it, it's fun to be in a room whenever they announce major milestones like this. You know, yeah, it's just exciting, and and everybody's loving it. And Southern Baptist should be excited about this, and they should be proud because they made it happen. This isn't something some nameless person out there in the ether made happen. This is something each and every one of us contributed to by our gifts through our local churches and through the Annie and Lottie offerings. I mean, just uh, incredible, just incredible. It it shows the, the power of Southern Baptists working together. Amy, year over year, these three giving channels, the, the three biggest giving channels we have, right? Year over year, last year it was $436.3 million, the total of Lottie, Annie, and cooperative program. This year, $473 million, an 8.4% increase in giving through those three major channels that we had this year. Really incredible. That's just, great. Just incredible. All right. I mentioned an AM trustee meeting. Uh, the trustees met in Chicago this week, got to see the Send Relief Center in the Chicago land area. These are great meetings because unlike a lot of the trustee meetings, you actually get to see what's happening on right. the field. You know, you, we, they get to take us out and you get to go out and see what's happening in Chicago that NAM and Sin Relief, they're a part of. That's and awesome. It's the best, that's the best part of any trustee meetings that I go to. Hands that's down. awesome. And so you and I both got to see something this week. Yeah. You went to Puerto Rico. I did. And saw the, the Sin Relief Center there. That's so right. On, I did. On Monday afternoon, you were in Puerto Rico at the Sin Relief Center. I was at Chicago in the Sin Relief yeah. Center. And we realized it later on. We're like, oh, wait. I mean, we're both uh, touring the Sin Relief Centers. That's right. That's right. No I was down, that's right. I was down there visiting um, a ministry that uh, that Summit has down there. But then on the, the last day, we were able to go and meet with Jonathan Santiago, who runs the Sin Relief Operations down there, and to tour everything. And my goodness, it's incredible what they are able to do. And uh, I know you got to see kind of a version of that where you were. And so just really proud of our folks at Sin Relief. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. And uh, we're going to have some stories on uh, stuff out of Chicago later on. But John Kelly shared his testimony on Monday night and just a, a just an incredible work uh, that God has done in his life and through the lives of those that have been impacted in Chicago through uh, his church there. Keep an eye out for that story at Baptist Press. We'll have that one soon. Uh, but just a incredible, incredible meeting this week. In the news side of things from the NAM trustee meeting, they approved a fiscal year budget for 2023 of $134.7 million and a capital budget of $2.9 million. They also reported that their revenue for this year ran 9.4% above budget. So saw increases in cooperative program and Annie Armstrong Easter offering, as we just mentioned. They also announced over in the evangelism area that they're going to be introducing a new resource kit in June 2023. Uh, that'll be coming out of the evangelism department that Tim Dowdy is over over at the North American Mission Board. They also mentioned that their church planner assessments in Texas, our good friend of the pod, Julio Ariola, is the uh, the leader at the SIN Network SBTC over there in Texas. Uh, their planner assessments are up 50% for the year. Julio's doing a great job of assessing and bringing in planters in Texas. They also have the uh, Sin Relief Tour, the Serve Tour, that's going on uh, right now. They, they got a big one in Dayton this weekend. So far this year, they've had more than 5,000 volunteers serve with them. They have served 15,000 individuals and seen 350 professions of faith. So uh, the Serve Tour uh, information there that they've given is uh, pretty incredible. And then 
There's some other news you can read a full report over in Baptist Press. Just a, an incredible trustee meeting again with the North American Mission Board. And one thing that they mentioned but then announced later in the week is that we've got some new information and new setup over at Sin Network, the church planning kind of arm of North American Mission Board. Yeah, big rollout from the the new president of Sin Network, Vance Pittman. Um, all kinds of things like uh, laid out some new values not not that these values are new but that they are as in terms officially of, yeah that's the, right the values in terms of, of sin network yeah that's right naming them so new values a spanish language website and a whole new big slate of leaders so yes. those values are five um seek first the kingdom deepen devotion stick together think multiplication and engage your city so uh putting those out there and kind of getting them on the the brains of everyone who is uh, planting churches out there that that's what we do. You know, that's what Sin Network does. Mm-hmm. Then uh, also, like I mentioned, um, a new Spanish language website, which uh, is Sin Network, you know, Espanol Felix Cabrera is going to be leading that. He's vice president of Sin Network Espanol. And then that includes a lot of other, a lot of other vice presidents. I think, was it five, six, five, of, something yeah. like that? Five. Yeah. yeah. So you got Felix as the Sin Network Espanol VP, right. Matt Carter as Vice President of Mobilization. Remember we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago whenever he announced his retirement over at Sagemont. Michael Crawford as Vice President for Strategies and Development. Brian Loritz as Vice President of Regions. And Travis Ogle as Executive Vice President. Yeah, there you go. And then also a lead team of planters. So that's 16 different planters. Some of them are uh, friends of the pod. And uh, they are practitioners out there. They have a proven track record of planting churches. And it they can be the face of Sin Network, the voice of Sin Network, kind of ambassadors out there. So it, that's it's just really cool and exciting. When uh, Felix Cabrera, he also unveiled that website, SinNetworkEspanol.com. It serves Hispanic planters and churches with contextualized resources and information. So I love it. Speaking of... Hispanic ministry. There's a new name and logo for the Southern Baptist Hispanic group, uh, the National Hispanic Baptist Network. That's right. And uh, they've got a new logo. When I look at it, it seems like unity around uh, the, the word of God. Yeah, yeah. Unity around the Bible is when, when you look at it, you see the different people. And what they want is to promote unity and inclusion among Hispanics in the SBC. Yeah. So it was Br- Bruno Molina president of National Hispanic Baptist Network. Yes. So it was formed in 2017 as Hispanic Baptist Leadership Council, kind of going through some different variations, and now they're going to officially name themselves the National Hispanic Baptist Network. So congratulations right. to them. Really cool. Absolutely. All right. Some news that came in last Friday after we had recorded and released our episode. Uh, the speakers for the 2023 SBC Pastors Conference were announced, as well as a plan for an endowment. The music's going to be led by Travis Cottrell. Amy. That's exciting. Friend of the pod, Travis Cottrell. And um, I don't know if he listens, but he's a friend of the pod, right? Uh, Let's say it. We'll just say he is. I've never met him before, but I'm sure you have. And we'll just say it. Okay. So, uh, and then also Nate Jernigan, who's down there at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, runs their worship department down there. And they're going to be joined by the William Carey University Choir, Band, and Orchestra. Very exciting. Yeah. So that's the music side of things. On the speaker side of things, H.B. Charles, David Allen, D.J. Horton, Bill Waldrop, Chip Luter, Andrew Abair, Jim Shaddix, and Bartholomew Orr. 
They're also going to have some pastoral talks. He's mentioned that along the way. We've talked about that here when we've talked about the Pastors Conference. Wayne Bray, Michael Clore, Rock Collins, Gilberto Corredera, Jimmy Draper, Phil Newton, Herb Revis, Jared Stevens, and Ken Witten will be giving those. So Very a cool. lot of information as well as the fundraising for the endowment was announced on that. So you can find out more about that. Uh, they're trying to endow that to keep from having to raise money every year. That's right. And that's a great plan going forward because every year as the new president, you know, that when becoming president of the pastor's conference is like the dog that caught the car <laughs> because, you know, you people, they, they run for president of the pastor's conference with lots of excitement and vision for here's the lineup I would like to do. Here's the type of conference I would like to put on. Uh, you become pastor's conference president. And I would imagine you get the notebook that says here and have fun raising money for yeah. your conference all year long. <laughs> so yeah. around $400,000. Right. Right. So wow. most, most, you know, end up spending a lot of their energy doing that. So this is a way to set a foundation for the future. Yeah. You want to lead a pastor's conference, or you run a fundraise. That's right. Because basically that's that you do the latter more than the, the former. So right. a lot of a lot going on there. So if you want to help out with that, all the information is in the Baptist Press article for that or over at sbcpc.net. Amy, it's that time of year. State annual meetings. So yes. here we go. State convention annual meetings. We start, Amy, in the Great White North with Alaska, their 77th meeting. They voted to approve three shared initiatives with the North American Mission Board. Remember, a couple of years ago, we're just two years away from them considering removing the North American Mission Board from any of their gifts. And now things are healed, they're back together, and they are partnering tightly with the North American Mission Board up there in Alaska. So the three shared initiatives. NAM's going to recruit GenSend age students for summer missions in Alaska. Hey, you want to go spend your summer in Alaska? If you're in college, you can do that. Hey, Amy, you should let Mary know that she can spend a summer in Alaska. I should. And Ethan could go too, I guess, because he's that age too. I keep forgetting that I've got one in college, too. Also, uh, the second initiative, they will work with NAM's Send Replant Program under the direction of good friend of the pod, Mark Clifton. And then finally, NAM and Alaska will focus on church revitalization as well as church planning, establishing church planning residencies and church-based revitalization residencies. So, you know, the three areas that, that NAM really can help them get people up there and recruit people to help with what's going on in Alaska, uh, that's what they're going to do, try to partner with them for that. So uh, in other business, they maintained their 80-20 percentage split. That means 80% stays in Alaska, 20% moves on to National Cooperative Program Giving. That means about $152,000 uh, that they are expecting on that, which is an increase over the past year. They're aiming for a 30% increase by 2025. So passed a budget of $895,000 in change, uh, which is an increase of about $24,000 and also have a request for up to $311,000 from NAM to help with the church planning and evangelism emphases that we talked about earlier. And then Robert Scott, the pastor of Dillingham Bible Fellowship, was elected president. Philip Coleman, pastor of True North Church in Anchorage, was elected first vice president. Willie Tanu'u, the pastor of University Baptist Church in Anchorage, was elected second vice president. And Kathy Arns, a member of First Baptist Church in Anchorage was elected recording secretary. Willie, if I messed up your name, I'm sorry. I'm not very familiar with Inuit pronunciations. Good, good try. All right, let me take it to yeah. New York. Please, please do. Yes, yes. So the 53rd annual meeting of the New York Baptist Convention took place September 23rd and 24th at Drivers Village Conference Center in Cicero, 
New York, under the theme of Rejoice, Regather, Recommit, um, with their tagline, We Are Better Together. You know I love that. That's one of my favorite one of my favorite taglines. So they had um, 41 messengers from f- their 516 churches. They passed their budget unanimously, $765,000, uh, including $6,000 in interest income, with uh, $227,700 passing through uh, as they're offering for global uh, CP giving. That's a 30 to set. That's a a 30-70% split. Remember, we talk about this every year, mm-hmm. that churches outside of the South, the split looks really different because they're having to do a lot of things to be able to maintain operations on the ground where they are. Um, budgets are smaller and uh, churches are uh, farther apart. So it's a, just a, a little bit of a different management. Yeah. So a lot of these, we uh, we call them sometimes pioneer states. It just looks different. Their officers were all reelected by acclamation. Steve Charles a pastor of New Covenant Baptist Church in Canandaigua. Sure. Saying it with confidence. Um, He was president and uh, his church actually was recently renamed Pathway Community Church. Uh, Vice President Gail Dingwell, he's the pastor of Ridgecrest Baptist Church in New Windsor, New York. Recording Secretary John DePew uh, from Newark Baptist Fellowship Church in Newark, New York. And Assistant Recording Secretary Daniel Lee pastor of Compass Fellowship Church in New York City. Um, they also had uh, made a bylaw change to add a fifth person to the executive team. They've been doing some restructuring. And so that was to address that. And it seems like they just really had a great, uh, just kind of a happy time coming together. I know that, you know, these are folks that may not see each other throughout the the year. So they brought in some speakers, had some workshops, things like that. So great, great meeting, it sounds like. Absolutely. So our first two of 41 state convention recaps, Amy. There we go. It's going to be a fun year. Only 39 more to go. So Yes. All right. That brings us over to Guidestone. Got some big news, Amy. John Jones announced that he is retiring. He's got a uh, five-month transition plan. And Chu So, who leads the kind of the insurance side over Guidestone, is going to succeed him in the chief operating officer role. Wow. Yeah. So John Jones has been there for almost 34 years, 25 of those as COO. Uh, just a good, good man. We got to to spend some time with oh, him man. a few years he ago um, when we, our, our team visited Guidestone and he is great. So he will be very missed at Guidestone, but it sounds like I've not met you so, but it sounds like from uh, the story that uh, he is just an incredible yeah. asset there. So yeah. John's son and daughter-in-law live here in Nashville. My wife's good friends with with uh, his daughter-in-law, and okay. uh, you know it's just um, they they are good people. And John Jones, man, he will be sorely missed by Southern Baptists. I'm sure he won't go far. He'll still be involved in some mm-hmm. stuff around the SBC. But look, there are few people as good as John Jones in the SBC. So, uh, John, congratulations good, on 35 years of service, and uh, we're going to miss you. And uh, we'll see you probably before uh, the you know the five months transition period is over, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, John Jones has represented Southern Baptist well, it's done well for us and has led well at Guidestone and, and, um, it's a it, sad day to be passing that torch, but, uh, I know he's, you know, he's led well and he's finishing well. Yes, he is. All right. Speaking of retirement, Amy, down in Sutherland Springs, Texas, remember where there was a the church shooting killed 26 people in 2017. That's right. Frank Pomeroy has announced his retirement. Yeah, so uh, he uh, has already preached his last sermon, I believe, and um, and it's just 
kind of incredible that that story. It's a tough story. It's always brings back lots of memories. I know, especially for them, we've covered them several different times when they, you know, established the memorial, uh, things like that. But he's retiring after 20 years. Yeah. So really, uh, really special and um, meaningful time. I know for their church emotional, uh, he encouraged the church to embrace humility, Mm. which goes beyond individual pain and uh, just incredible. His goal uh, was to stay at First Sutherland Springs as long as uh, the Lord wills. So not really leaving anywhere, but just stepping down as pastor. Mm. Well, Amy, you're going to like this. So they sold their home to their youngest son, Corey, and his wife, Ashley. They downsized all their belongings to a camper trailer and are planning a brief road trip before returning to Texas. So they're, they're you know, I in the love RV that. and they're heading out. Living in the that? RV, living in the RV, heading out. I could do that. Amy's like, yes. do you have room for a third? <laughs> Sign so, me up. Yes. There you go. All right. And then, uh, so congratulations to Frank and uh, thankful for his service down there in Sutherland Springs. And Amy, we got some sad news to end on here. Marilyn Blackaby, wife of Henry Blackaby, has passed away at the age of 83. Very sad. Uh, she had a short battle with liver cancer. I saw this on social media, um, but the Alabama Baptist staff uh, did a, a story. It's it's up at Baptist Press, and I know that she, both she and uh, Henry Blackaby, have battled you know illness for for a while. And so Richard, their son, will often give updates. Uh, but this was a, a a sad sad piece of news uh, to, to get. They are an incredible couple, the Blackabees, and um, not just, I mean, we know of Henry Blackaby mostly from experiencing God, but I mean, my goodness, they uh, they they served for many, many years um, in Canada, one of my favorite places, uh, in uh, Saskatchewan, which I've not been to, but the Blackaby family has quite a, a legacy in ministry in Canada, and uh, it's just a... a just an incredible impact that they have had. So uh, really sad news. And we continue to pray for the Blackaby family. Yeah. Marilyn and Henry married for 62 years, Amy. Just incredible. Incredible. 14 grandchildren, five kids, and um, just a a great legacy left. All right. That's going to do it for the news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. And uh, I have thought about doing this many, many times and finally decided to feature one of the uh, children's pages. I've never done it. Uh, I'll come on children's pages. You don't know about this because I've never done it, but it's the 400th episode. So every now and then, back in the day, Baptist Press, when they sent stuff out, you know, on the wire or whatever, they would do an issue that was called the children's page. And it was, it was completely special and different from the news. It, it would have a, a story for the kids and then it would have poems and it would have all of these things. Um, it was only for children. And it reminds me because there used to be a children's page in the newspaper. And I loved that, like not just the comics, but it was actually called the children's page. So regularly when I'm looking and I come on a children's page, I just skip it. I'm like, that's, there's no news there. And this time I thought, you know, for this, this segment, this week in SB history, SBC history, I'm going to share a poem with our listeners. It was, uh, it was released on October 6th, 1955. 
and it was written by Jacqueline Ruth Rowland, Mm -hmm. and it was called uh, Playing Possum. And I haven't sent the link to you, Jonathan. I want you to just listen and take it Yeah, I've been looking for the link. I'm going to do a dramatic reading. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The possum is a silly chap. He always wants to take a nap. A kitten likes to romp and play, and when you chase him, runs away. But Mr. Possum, not at all. He just curls up into a ball. Those beady eyes are shut up tight. He really is the strangest sight. We'll update a little bit of language here. When paws, nose, whiskers, all so still, you really think he's dead until you quietly creep out of sight to watch this fellow curled up tight. Slowly, the furry ball unbends for Mr. Possum just pretends. This week in SBC history. Wow. A poem for all Southern Baptists. How about this? Roses are red. Violets are blue. Global missions matters. Give to Lottie Moon. It's a cl- It's a near rhyme there. Very, very nice. Blue, very nice. Uh, you know, close. There you go. Yeah. So I did. I did. I it's, it's on the wall at the IMB. That poem is on the wall at the IMB. Yeah. No, yeah. So I did take, I took a little, yeah, I took a little liberty there to update some language uh, just because of how words change and stuff. But uh, that's kind of the the general gist. And really well, what just was the to, point of that? Nothing. Okay. No point. Success. And that's the point. So you should bring back the children's page, Jonathan. You write me a poem and I'll put it in BP. How about that? There was another one about doctors, like I guess because kids might be scared to go to the doctor. I don't know. There's a point about that. And there was a, a, a little fiction story about a kid that had a bunch of stuff. Like he put all these things in the pockets of his overalls and I don't know. Was, was, was there of, a, a picture where you have to find the hidden objects in the picture, like in the highlights? Magazine? Nope. That's the best nope, part of the highlights. Every, let's let's yeah. all be honest. I mean, is that everybody's favorite part oh, of the highlights? Hidden. Hidden pictures, 100%. Yes. Okay, yes. just checking. Yes. So this was the so, Highlights Magazine version of BP. Right. Yes. But except there was no pic. There were no pictures. It was only- That's the best all, part. Right. So every every children's page would have a story and then it would have like poems and, and things like that. I, and I don't know. I don't know what they would do. I don't know if the state papers would, you know, put them in there. I don't know how they sent them out. But yeah. So 400 episodes and I've never told you about this, but- I there had no was, idea that I ever existed. I haven't there seen was that a, in the things that I look a, at. A poem about possums this week in SBC history. What year? 1955. 1955. Okay. All right. Well, I haven't. I guess I just haven't read enough from the 50s and early 60s of BP uh, to see the children's pages. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, I think, on that. So. There you go. Yeah. The, we bring it back. We're bringing back hidden stuff in pictures. Because that's the best part. Um, you heard it here, folks. Hidden pictures coming to a Baptist press if, near you. If, if, if. All right. Hey, that's going to bring us okay. to our resources of the week. Usually we have our own resources of the week, but this week it's just one resource because we're combining it. Because it's a big one. It's a big one. Bart Barber. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're still claiming him as friend of the pod because uh, we don't know what he's going to say on 60 Minutes, Amy. He's going to be on 60 Minutes Sunday night. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. Live after the the football game's over, except on the West Coast. Yeah, I sent that to JD and said, "All right, you got a couple of cool interviews, but you didn't get Anderson Cooper." Yeah, sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of clips. It looks good. Yeah, looks it good should so be interesting. Far. So they, I, and I know that you know they 
the clip that we saw so far has him, you know, he's talking to Anderson Cooper in the, the sanctuary at First Baptist Farmersville. But I also mm-hmm. know they spent a lot of time with him out on the farm, asked a lot of questions, talked out there on the farm too. So uh, right. they spent a couple right. of days out there with him in Texas. And, you know, we've been waiting to hear when this was going to air. They recorded eh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And, Something like that. Um, yeah. It was right before the queen. Yeah. Right before the queen died. That's right. That's right. Or right so, when the queen um, died, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, and I saw, I also saw an explanation on Twitter for something that, uh, that Bart mentioned. They took his glasses. They told him to take his glasses off because of a the the glare. glare. Yep. And then when he wanted to put them back on for another phase, it, then it was inconsistent. So during the interview, I think maybe when he's like preaching and they've got B-roll footage or whatever, he's got his glasses on, but during the interview, he doesn't. And so, uh, it's going to look weird to all of us because I know like, I'm used to seeing him with his glasses. What gives? You look different. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. mm. so he, he had to sit there. I have no idea how bad his eyesight was. If I had to do an interview without my glasses, it'd be awful. It would be terrible. Well, so. you just wouldn't be able to see or, you, I mean, you don't need to see to be able to, I mean, Anderson's sitting right there. It's not like, you know. No, but like if I had any notes whatsoever oh. or just or just even trying to make eye contact because my eyesight is so bad that I wouldn't even be able to make eye contact with the person. They would just be like a big like blob in front of me. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, Bart doesn't use notes as we've learned. So, yes, uh, yeah, we have he is, so. is extemporaneous. He has an idea of where he's going, though. It's He's really good at that. It's amazing. It's pretty wild to watch because you, know, you get around people that are like manuscript driven. And it's like, okay, right. I can, you know, I, I understand that. Absolutely. And then you Bart, That's great. And it's like, how do you do this? It's just, it's it just amazing. comes out. It just, it, it just comes out and it's, it's pretty spectacular. So with a, with a fl- complete train of thought, that's yes. the, that's the incredible thing. Cause being manuscript driven, is not a problem. I mean, no, it's not bad. Not it's just, it, but it, but then you, it, you keep, you know, your continuity and stuff. Yeah. If I have to speak extemporaneously, I may have a moment where I've got a long pause cause I've got to process and think or you you know may take you a minute it, he just it's like a just consistent goes. train of thought it's pretty incredible it goes yeah it goes ah, i'm kidding uh, so <laughs> well that yes yes so <laughs> anyway check out 60 minutes yes 60 minutes this sunday yeah live yeah. after the uh the afternoon game so you get done with um which that's jim and tony jim nance tony romo mm-hmm. on the cbs game and then that's right yeah, they do the three o'clock game, probably the Cowboys. I'm not sure if it's the Cowboys game or not, but it feels like that's every week. Uh, but then uh, yep. check them out. So, well, here's the deal: no, it, sixty minutes is a is a big deal. But until you make CBS Sunday morning, oh boy, you haven't hit the pen. You haven't hit the pinnacle with me. Okay. So, gotta gotta be on CBS Sunday morning. That's my favorite my favorite show. You could be on CBS Sunday morning with your dramatic reading of the Possum poem. I could. I, here I thought that, you know, episode 400 going to be all this great news. And the only thing people are going to remember from episode 400 is Amy and the Possum Poem. I did. It was a dramatic reading. Yeah. A poetry reading for the 400th yeah. episode. Come, come to a, a podcast you. episode, get a poetry reading. So, all right. There you well, go. That'll do it. I'll see you next week, Amy. See you next week. See you next week.